the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Or call one triple eight no piracy, and you can also go online and search no piracy. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm taking a poll on polls today, and by a poll on polls, I'm talking. I'm taking a poll, a P O L E, a long spiky thing, on Polish people today. Is anyone that wants to jump on and? Barbecue up some Polish people. Let me know. I'm so exhausted. I'm tired. I'm run down. This election has got me fatigued. I don't want to do it anymore. I just want to go home. I'm praying for a runaway winner. Kind of like that horrible, horrible, awful song. Runaway train never coming back. Runaway on a... Oh, my... Horrible. I'm done with you. I quit you. I can't quit you. That's where I'm at at this point in time. Looking at Wall Street on a day-by-day basis. Election fatigue starting to set in. Praying, if I may use the word praying, that it's not close. That someone runs away with it. First polls in Virginia close in 8 hours and 51 minutes. It's one of those swing states that we care about. The biggest risk to the market right now is little to do with the election. Rather, traders and analysts, money managers, radio show hosts, television people, were terrified that the elections could be too close to call and they'd sent to courts. There's already some sort of talk, and trust me, like I said, I'm fatigued. I'm run down. I'm tired. I've stayed up for 72 straight hours. I'm a surgeon. That's what I do. Look it up. I'm in the dictionary. I'm in the encyclopedia under person that works too much. Too close could divide our country. We want some sort of mandate. Four years ago, for better or for worse, I'm not making political commentary here, we elected Barack Obama on the whole change. He's going to work to get the Democrats and Republicans working together. And you know who I think screwed him? Nancy Pelosi. I know you're saying you blame everything on Nancy Pelosi. I do. I got caught cheating in high school, and Nancy Pelosi was the one who was actually cheating, but I took the fall for I struck out in baseball once, and it was because Nancy Pelosi was shining a light in my eye. And I think she actually ruined his presidency, because at one point in time, the Democrats controlled Congress. And his Obamacare got, I would almost say, too aggressive. Too many changes, too fast. America wasn't ready for it. Based on what the Democrats were pushing, i.e. out of Congress, i.e. out of Nancy Pelosi's office. We're a nation that really goes for the middle. I don't think there's really all that hardcore right, hardcore left. I think they're votes that are important. But I think the majority of Americans are in the middle. Hey, 
We get that we have to band together. We get that we pay taxes. We just don't want to get too close together, and we don't want to pay too much in taxes. So both campaigns have assembled legal teams already for Ohio. There was a line for voting in Ohio this weekend. So legitimacy of absentee and provisional votes, if if this is a close election, it's going to be a hanging chat election in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Florida. And they've all faced pitched battles throughout the summer over voter identification laws. I'm not going to say I'm exhausted, but I'm exhausted. I'm not going to say Mitt Romney's wife... I don't know which presidential wife I want more. She looks kind of funny at times. There's a strike in Greece going on. Damn you, Greek strikies. Like, the biggest day in American politics, and we're focusing on Greece. Oh! I know you're saying, is that your impression of... Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Maybe, maybe. Germany factory orders fell an enormous 3.3%. Are you kidding me? We're talking like uh, recessionary numbers. So somehow Europe is stealing our spotlight. There's an election going on, and we get elections mostly right in the United States. We're the best nation in the world, mostly. I know you're saying... That's a cute way of putting it. I know. I'm kind of cute. In geopolitics, a Russian nuclear-powered attack submarine. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Are you kidding me? Colin Sean Connery, are you doing, you're not doing a Russian nuclear-powered attack submarine cruise within 200 miles of the East Coast? In the latest sign, Russia's continuing to flex its naval and aerial power against the United States. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're like, but I was watching Revolution last night. When did this happen? This is the stuff I have to deal with on a day-by-day basis. Everyone's waiting right now for the election. We're going to have a rally after this election. I'm predicting it. Now, it could be an Obama rally. It could be a Romney rally. That I'm not predicting. 71% 71% of companies that have reported earnings have beaten earnings expectations. SP 500 is up 13% for the year. 13% take that. In your face, we're up 13% for the year? Oh, are you kidding me? That's wonderful. That's a very good year. I still think we've got a little bit of room to run. I know you're saying, where, 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 where can we run to? 1450 on the SP 500. About 28 points. So it's not a lot of room. It's a little bit of room. It's another percent. Maybe 1,500 if we get kind of gleeful. I know you're saying, don't use the glee reference anymore, Rob. That show hasn't been relevant in two years, ever since they jumped the shark. Home prices dip after a string of gains. Gaining for six months in a row, weighed down by cheaper distress sales. Home price indexes actually fell three-tenths of a percent in August. Price is still up, all things considered. Sometimes sideways is up, if you know what I'm saying. I know you're saying, I don't know what you're saying. What are you saying? 
Stabilization in home prices this year has helped the housing market turn the corner as it recovers from its far-reaching collapse. So that's out there. We got the SP 500 up five. Nasdaq up two. Dow Jones Industrial Average up seventy-five. Oil's at eighty-six dollars. Eighty-six dollars? Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. That's negative. I know you're saying, but that gives us a tax break in the United States because we're paying less to fill up our car. You're right. So on one hand, it's positive for the American consumer. On the other hand, it's telling you the world is really struggling. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but typically that's the way we read these tea leaves. I know you're saying, reading tea leaves, we haven't done that in this country in 2,000 years. Okay, this country's not even 2,000 years old. So stop going there. (sighs) This election is not going to affect most stocks. That's the fact, Jack. That's what we have to deal with right now. What else do we have to talk about today? There has to be something. There has to be something. Freddie Mac had a profit. Boring. Like, I can't turn that into a story. I can try, but it won't happen. Don't forget, I got a Black Wednesday coming up. You can learn more about that tomorrow night. Menlo Park. Come meet me from 5 to 7 p.m. Learn more about it at KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black, Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. A New York grad student, Jackie Samuel, her side business was to help set up, to help her pay bills. She's 29 years old. She advertises $1 a minute for cuddling sessions. It's known as the snuggery. It started out as a full-fledged business that racked up $260 a day with up to 30 minutes a week. It's pulling in big business now. She told CNN, I need some kind of certification or license that says I'm a certified cuddler, but I couldn't find anybody else who was willing to do what I was doing. Charges a dollar a minute for fully clothed sessions. She's offered some new services like reading bedtime stories. I remember when I was in college, you could pay a sorority to come read you bedtime stories. I know you're saying, you're kidding, right? They actually advertised they would come in cute and Lingerie and read your bedtime stories. And I don't know whoever did it. You could get a double cuddling session for $2 a minute. Oh, sexual activity not permitted. Arousal is perfectly normal. Should not make anyone feel uncomfortable. Um, there's going to be a Yelp page on this one soon, right? It's cuddling, but it's also a business model. I want you to think like that. I want you to think, like, what's not being done out there? SP 500's up four. The NASDAQ's up fractions. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 70. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He's our house financial planner for Rob Black and your money. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of the questions that I get, Chad, on a regular basis are people who are trying to get the best stock, the best return on stocks, trying to beat the markets trying to get yields for their cash that's higher than, you know, 0 to 1%, trying to get 
trying to chase performance. Let's talk about chasing performance, chasing yield. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, I, I tend to say that anything over 6% is going to get start getting dangerous on you as far as income-oriented investing. Well, it's more than that now. So, I mean, if you're looking at some of the ETNs um, or ETFs that are in the muni bond area yep. and they're yielding over 4%, likely they're leveraged, okay. meaning they're borrowing money somewhere to buy even more so they can keep the yield up. So if you have any kind of a credit situation, let's say um, you know budget deficits of California get worse or uh, Spain and Italy become the next Greece, which looks like it could very well happen, um, and you have some sort of credit event, you could see those funds lose 10 to 15%. Um, High-yield bonds, you know, the... Those are really considered – the other alternative name for high-yield bond is junk bond. They're right. lower credit ratings. And, again, you can see those move just like stocks in value. I uh, bought a lot of high-yield stuff and convertible bonds in early 2009 that had 30% returns, and then I sold them. Um, still own actually a little bit now because uh, most funds, to keep their interest rates above 4%, own high-yield and foreign bonds in some common stocks now. So, um, you know, people's portfolios are more – have a higher beta now than they think. And we've seen entire firms you know, brought down like MF Global because they invested in Italian bonds a little bit too soon. Um, they're chasing performance. They're trying to stay ahead of the curve. Again, they went down for other reasons, but chasing yield can bring you down, and it can bring you down hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Franklin Templeton, one of the best foreign bond funds, they really stumbled in the first, the last part of 2011, uh, went into Irish bonds and things like that too early. So... People stumble. And that's the other thing, too, Rob. Really, people need to be very careful of when you go through a period of increasing interest rates on being in really popular bond funds. Those are the funds where people cash out because they get scared, forcing the bond manager to sell bonds that they don't want to sell. You know, a lot of times if you hold the bond to maturity, you're going to end up being okay. But if your investors are dying for their money and you're forced to sell the bond at a loss, your NAV or your bond fund is going to fall. When do you think people should just say no to bond funds? Ever? Uh, Well, if you're at a stable interest rate environment um, or rates are high and they look like they're coming down, buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity. Um, Right now, I like the liquidity. We've de-risked our bond portfolio, though, to go to some really well-managed, much smaller funds so we don't have to – and even less known funds so we don't have to deal with that run on bonds if in 12 months, you know, interest rates start to rise. Um, I would like to buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity, but the level that I have to buy them at, there's so many bonds out there paying at a premium. So in other words, you're going to pay $103 to $105 for a bond that's going to mature at $100 in five years. Have you ever considered um, like a a Ford bond or a GM bond? Because we we kind of assume those companies aren't going to go out of business. Yeah, but again, we're keeping an eye on our managers and make sure that they can get better prices than we can. Okay. You know what I mean? And an individual basis, and that's where you... Wait, wait, you said, do you know what I mean? And you looked at me like I know. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I have no clue what you just said there. Okay, so, well, when an individual buys a bond right. from a market maker, right. a lot of times you're paying a, a premium for a bond, and if you're buying at such a small level, you're going to get a much worse price than a PIMCO or somebody else that's a market maker in those areas. You I know what I mean? I'm as big as PIMCO. No, you're not. As, well, you're a lot bigger than Bill Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the salty. You might, have, you might have 60 pounds on that guy. He's, he's, a, little, he's a little yoga guy. You he just went from, himself backwards. You just went from subtle to not very subtle. <laughs> he's a little yoga guy. Do you met him? It, well, no, I think it's well known that he does like two hours of yoga a day or something like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. 
So yeah. the only thing I can tell you about Bill Gross is that mustache just flips me out. When he has it, it flips me out. When he shaves it, it flips me out. Comes and goes. So anything else that we need to know about this topic on chasing yield? No, I think just people have to, you know, quarterly keep an eye on their bond funds and what's in them. Uh, a lot of bonds, funds that we own and were successful with, we had to sell because we were getting prospectuses saying they were going to start buying more common stocks. I've talked about this before, and I think this is going to be a theme through 2012. Um, and, uh, again, you look, I would rather own the individual bonds when interest rates are high and coming down. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm liking what my bond managers are doing in my funds. It's good stuff. It's CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. So, Suzuki is giving up on selling cars in the United States market following Saab and Isuzu, amongst the automakers, making their exits after failing to earn profits in the country of the United States of America. The only person I know who has ever drove in a Suzuki, and for that matter, in a Suzu, I think they were on the run. I think they were um, not necessarily criminals, but on the run. Suzuki is going to stop the sale of new automobiles in the United States, though it's going to continue offering motorcycles, all-terrain vehicles, and boat motors. Japan-based car maker. Japan's troubled. Whether you're Sharp, Sony, Suzuki, there's troubles in Japan as far as their corporations go. Toyota and Honda, they are the foreign automakers that dominate. This is good news clearly for Ford and General Motors. It's less competition. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, I got a big Meet Rob Black tomorrow night in Menlo Park. You can learn more at kdow.biz. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I really truly believe that, and I hope that you truly will do that as well, is become part of the show. Nicholas Cage is going to be in the Expendables 3. I know you're saying, wait, 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 wait. There was an Expendables 2? I know, right? Wasn't very good. The idea was flawed to begin with. Some things that are happening that are just its stunning in the economy, in the stock market. It's election day, and we're kind of hoping that it's not close. I know you're saying, who do you want to win? I don't care. I really don't think president's as important of a position as Congress is. But... That's my angle. I'm sticking with it. Some foreclosures are really killing certain cities. This is a nation that we have a federal government and we have state government. One of my angles that I, I know to be true is that states differ like golden clay. And I, I don't think there's any question on that. To think that we should have a policy for homeless people that's nationwide is silly because the homeless people in West Virginia are totally different than homeless people in California. To think that we should have a, a national policy on poverty is ridiculous because poverty differs like from state to state. 
in Ocala, Florida, one in every two hundred one in every one hundred and twenty two homes is in foreclosure. In Lakeland, Florida, one in one hundred and sixteen homes. In Fresno, California, one in one hundred and fourteen homes. Now to count one hundred and fourteen homes, you're basically you know, three or four streets. Things are getting worse for some areas, things are getting better for others. That's why you don't want to have broad confidence, much like you don't want to have broad federal policies that should be decided by states. In Oxnard, Thousand Oaks, Ventura, California, one in every 114 homes is in foreclosure. In Phoenix, Arizona, one in every 113. In Atlanta, Orlando, Tampa St. Pete, Palm Bay, Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, Miami, Florida, Chicago, Illinois, one in 98 homes. So for some markets, it's getting worse. For some markets, it's getting better. Depends on where you live, right? Depends on where the jobs are. In Rockford, Illinois, one in 98 homes. In Sacramento, one in 96 homes in foreclosure. You know why I would never buy in Sacramento? Because I go to Tahoe on a pretty regular basis. I know you're saying, you're kind of a big deal. You go to Tahoe? Yes, I do. And when I drive there, there's this, this drive from Roseville through Sacramento where you look left and right, you see a lot of land. A lot of land. Tons of land. Like, gapping amounts of land. And then you see like a townhome strip or a townhouse strip. See a bunch of condos, a bunch more townhouses, a bunch more condos, a bunch more townhouses. And then land, 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 land. Townhouses, condos. And that's the problem. There's too much land and there's too many townhouses. Bakersfield, California, 1 in 87 homes. Merced, California, 1 in 83 homes. Modesto, 1 in 79 homes to foreclosure. Fairfield, California, also known as Villajo, 1 in 78 homes. There was a song in the 1980s, I, 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 I Don't Want to Live in Sin City. Sun City, Sun City. It was about uh, African apartheid. I have a new song out. I know you're saying, is it Gangnam Style? No. I, 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 I Don't Want to Live in Alejo, California. Riverside, California. One in 73 homes in foreclosure. When you get through Riverside, you're like, uh... Excuse me, this is a desert. Stockton, California, the armpit of California. Replacing Daly City as the armpit of Northern California. Stockton, California, 167 homes in foreclosure. So you get what I'm trying to say, right? What are you trying to say? A lot like federal policies sometimes don't apply on state levels. Real estate sometimes doesn't apply on local levels. It is truly all local, local, local. Buy in a great community. Buy where there's jobs. That's one of the best things you can do. Mm. Okay. So Steve Jobs, rest in peace, was an idiot. I know you're saying you didn't just do that, did you? You just called a dead man an idiot? One area that he was totally wrong at was he called the iPad because it was bigger, going to be the best tablet and way better than a small tablet. He was wrong. 
Once you've held an iPad Mini, the iPad feels like a brick. So the iPad Mini is going to become the mainstream iPad. Mini sales will surpass full-size iPad sales and become Apple's second best-selling gadget after the iPhone. Given the lower price of the iPad Mini, which should get cheaper as years go on, the initial promise of the iPad, which was to have low-priced tablets all over the house, one for every person in the house, plus tablets for guests, tablets in the kitchen, tablet in the bathroom. Apple's Mini is still way too expensive for that to happen, but down the road it will hit that level. Back in 2010, Steve Jobs famously dissed small tablets and said that Apple would not make one. He pronounced the Kindle as dead on arrival. He was wrong. Dead men can be wrong. Now, of course, he was known to change his mind from time to time. And, of course, he was probably just trying to keep the Avalanche competitors at bay. He was known to go on awesome hyperbolic rants, which I love, about pathetic lameness of the competition. So his famous 2010 dissing of smaller tablets may have been driven primarily by the latter desire rather than the actual belief that smaller tablets would be DOA. Apple's next mega-hit product may be one that Jobs publicly body-slammed two years ago. It's pretty clear he was wrong. And it's pretty clear that the iPad Mini is going to do very, very well. Apple's full-sized iPad business is a $40 business, but the iPad Mini is going to cannibalize it. I know you're saying, hmm, let's start a restaurant and call it cannibalized. Cannibal style, right? How do you want to eat your dinner tonight? I want to eat my partner's foot. No, 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 no. So Apple's iPad Mini will cannibalize because of a Price point that's about $200 less than the full-size iPad. Trust me, as an iPad 2 owner, I'm over it. It is a full-size brick. It does feel weird when compared to a smaller tablet. Now, Microsoft has scrambled to produce a well-reviewed tablet as well. But it's a bigger tablet. So maybe Microsoft is, is behind Apple. Maybe Apple's stepping ahead of Microsoft. But you get the whole idea here. Apple was wrong, or Steve Jobs was wrong, better yet. It's good that the company's fixed it on some level, but you get the whole idea. Obama tweets basically the biggest humble brag of all time. Barack Obama's official Twitter account tweeted out the photo of him hanging out with Bruce Springsteen and Jay-Z. And the caption read, three guys hanging out backstage in Columbus. Now, it's a picture of Obama, Bruce Springsteen, Jay-Z. If that doesn't annoy you, and again, I'm not political. I'm not. You may want me to be, but I'm not. We don't need to see that photo. We don't need it. Dredge Report's reporting a, a headline called Four More Tears. Cute, right? Oh, I'm so tired of politics. Like, do I need to see any more presidential pets? No. Although my family once had a dog named Ladybird. Probably named after Ladybird Johnson. 
Don't know. I'm starting a snuggling business. If anyone wants to get in. Anyone wants to get in my snuggling business for a dollar an hour, I'll come snuggle you for a dollar an hour as New York student started a business. Either sadly, she'll probably get millions of dollars. Because we all need snuggling. Snuggling's probably a great way to relax, right? So Amazon lockers, this is a, a side st- step. Have you seen them yet? They're being installed in stores, like Safeways. The service lets online shoppers have packages sent to Staples, the store Staples. It makes Staples suddenly more relevant. Amazon lockers are already at many grocery convenience stores, drug stores. They stay open 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year. The business bills to customers because it eliminates the anxiety of missing a delivery. Staples' partnership with Amazon seems unlikely since two retailers are competitors, but Amazon lockers are a change that Staples is embracing. Good idea, bad idea. Amazon's entry into Staples is a huge win for three reasons. A, they found a way to cheaply distribute its products. Paying for the space in Staples gives Amazon a guaranteed delivery space. Plus, the retailer now can leverage its lockers at Staples for same-day delivery, getting stuff to customers the same day as, you know, Amazon's future goal. Plus, it can drive brand awareness in brick-and-mortar locations, potentially converting new customers from brick-and-mortar to online shoppers. Now, the win is a, uh, the move is a win for Staples as well because it's a productive use of their huge space. I'm Rob Black. AM 12, KBOW, and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black, everybody. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Sarah and Vinny, she's a midget dwarf, chain smoker. He's a midget dwarf, ego-driven loser. I know you're saying, are you picking a fight just so they'll talk about you on radio? Maybe. Actually, I worked in the same building with them at CBS. Back when I was CBS relevant. I don't think I'm CBS relevant anymore, if you know what I'm saying. I'm too honest. If you listen to shows like that, you get what you you settle for in life. And I'm going to be honest with you. And I know you're saying, why so honest? Because most Americans are going to retire poor. And you're going to get what you settle for. I do a show that's desperately trying to show you business trends. Desperately trying to say, max out 15% of your 401k and move on with your life. Yes, I want you to make love, sweet love. Yes, I want you to obsess over Angelina Jolie. But the first things first is max out your 401k. Sarah's a failed musician who happens to be that girl next door, and she gets paid for it. Do you know how few of those there are? Some incredibly beautiful woman sent me an email this week saying, I'm at Santa Cruz, and I want to get into media. And basically, I said, good luck to you. She sent me a photo, not a resume. Like, this isn't a casting couch. If you want a casting couch, go to robblackscastingcouch.com. Um... Media is tough to get into. It's brutal. Everyone wants your job. This is a tough economy. This is a tough world. For the millennials, they have it a lot tougher than Generation X. And for the baby boomers, you didn't save enough, and you counted too much on your house to be a piggy bank, and you're screwed. A lot of baby boomers are going to work till the day they die. Ten years ago, they could have retired in comfort. But the BMW got in the way. 
Most Americans live paycheck to paycheck, and that's just unacceptable. When I was 18 years old, I figured out I need to save for retirement. Because you know what? I don't want to work till the day I die. Because, you know, my left shoulder is not as good as it used to be. I know you, you say, but you throw righty and lefty. Yeah, I'm a better lefty than righty. I know you're saying, you're ambidextrous? I'm ambidextrous. Eat that, Sarah. My point being is, most Americans don't save enough for retirement. And we, we get caught up on stuff that's ambivalent, that's banal, that's, that's empty. As a child, my biggest fear was walking across a room that's dark. Have you ever fallen asleep on someone's couch in a basement and there's no lights down there? In the middle of the night, you have to pee and you have to like feel your way? That's my biggest fear, is that emptiness, that darkness. And that's how most Americans view retirement. They have no clue. And it's going to be eating beanie weenies. It's going to be living in a trailer park for most Americans. Most Americans... And there's some states that will go bankrupt trying to protect said Americans. Don't work till the day you die. That's the only thing I do on the show is, is max out 15% of your 401k, your 43B, your 457. Live at home for a while. I've got a friend, and I'm proud to call her a friend, um, that basically broke up with her boyfriend, moved home. She's had crazy health problems. What's a 30-year-old woman got, like, 15 growths in her hoo-ha? What's with all these crazy fibroids growing in people's bodies these days? But she did the right thing. She moved home. Instead of living beyond her ways and means, I'm living beyond my ways and means, living in the zone of in-betweens. We live beyond our ways and means. I just holidayed in Mexico. And I spent way more than I should have. I live large. I can afford to. A, I've got a good career. Which, beautiful woman in Santa Cruz sends a photo. Literally, I swear to God. And I know you're saying, don't swear to God. I swear. She puts her hand, like, on a wall. and It's almost like a provocative pose. Like, if you're trying to get into media, that's the wrong way to do it. The right way to do it is get an intern job and work your butt off. Work for free if you have to. I work for free in radio. And look where it got me. <laughs> oh, I just pulled a rib. Oh, I just pulled a rib. That hurts. Yeah. Um, so I think these are tough times and people are willing to admit, especially when you have a paycheck. Trust me, your paycheck doesn't mean anything until you hit retirement. Until you show that you've kept up with inflation, you ain't all that in a bucket of chicken. Especially if you're driving a brand new car. Especially if you're vacation like a rock star. I vacation like a rock star. Literally, one time I found myself sitting across from Dustin Hoffman's daughter. And now you're saying, who's Dustin Hoffman's daughter? Why? Well, that's the point. And I'm drinking my drinky drink. And she's drinking her drinky drink. I vacation like a rock star. Most people live beyond their ways and means. That's why I do this show. Come meet me. Me. Rockstar Rob Black. Tomorrow night at Menlo Grill. In Menlo Park, California. At 100 El Camino. Free, 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 free. Tomorrow night, we won't have this weight of the election over us. Maybe we will. 
three states are being set up to be contested. But it's it's called Black Wednesday. It's a concept that I, I pitched to KDOW, like, let's have the happy hour. Let's get in the community and, and help people. Let's get in the community and talk to people. Let's get in the community and listen to people. It's a great way to meet a lot of the hosts at KDOW. I don't know who all showing up. If you think I listen to my own station, you're crazy. I'm way too busy to do that. I don't know who the competition is out there. Except for Sarah and Vinny, who I think, if you listen to Sarah and Vinny, you probably are a loser. Probably. No, definitely. You're definitely a loser. I know you're saying, who's Sarah and Vinny? Especially if you like listening on retirement. For the four fishermen listening in Seattle, you can get a podcast of the first hour at kdow.biz or iTunes under Rob Black and Your Money. Rob Black and Your Money. I know you're saying four fishermen, probably twice as many as are actually listening. I do two hours of radio a day. It is literally my therapy. Not by legal reasons, but the first hour is, is... I throw in a lot of Bay Area references that I don't throw in the second hour. And I know that this is the number seven podcast, according to U.S. News and World Reports, in the world of personal finance. And I am irreverent, and I do try to bring some entertainment to financials. And I do try to make it all about getting your retirement, maxing out your 401k, your 403b, your 457. Understanding that business stories are relevant. Disney owns The Muppet Show. Disney owns Star Wars. Disney owns Marvel Comics. Disney owns... Are you, like, are you kidding me? What don't they own? My favorite character in The Muppets was the Swedish chef. I don't know why, but when he would say, Gersh, Gurndy, Murndy, Burndy, Burndy, Bouncy, Bouncy, Burger. I loved it. I understood what he was saying. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Don't work till the day you die. My dad did. And that sucks. He had a heart attack, and then five years later he dies of cancer. But the point being is that that five years was the best five years of his life because he realized, I'm going to die one day. I don't know if it was the best five years of his life. Maybe when he was 12 to 17. I don't know. But it's the best five years that I ever saw my dad because he realized I'm going to die one day. I don't want you to die in poverty. I don't want the realization that you need to love the people around you to come a little too late. You need to love the people around you. Harrison Ford has said that he's going to return for Star Wars 7, Episode 7. Again, tied into Disney and the Avengers and Marvel Comics and Star Wars. Next thing you know... Disney's going to buy Star Trek. And the friggin' Klingons are going to be hanging out with the fracking Cylons. Harrison Ford said he's willing to come back for Star Wars Episode 7. As if we need more old people working. We need to turn old people into food and eat them like Soylent Green. They don't, they, they get Social Security checks. We pay them to breathe. People are living longer, which is weird because in the first hour I talked about fibroids and people that shouldn't have fibroids. Perfectly healthy humans are growing growths that shouldn't be grown. So Harrison Ford's willing to come back. 
Now, do I want to see Chewbacca and Harrison Ford one more time fire up the Millennium Falcon? I do. And I'm not even that big of a Star Wars fan, but I want to see them fire up the Millennium Falcon one more time. I want to hear them say, hit it, Chewie. And Chewie goes, I do want to hear that one more time. Do I need to see Mark Hamill? No. Do I need to see the bloated Carrie Fisher? No. So, okay, 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 okay. What else do I got for you? Okay, so old people working longer. This show is about getting to retirement. A Verizon employee is being accused of stealing naked photos off a customer's iPhone. Now, I love this story. A, because it's PG-13. And B, because, again, it tells you. I think that Verizon employee, obviously not the best person in the world. But someone who has photos that get stolen basically puts themselves of having photos getting stolen. Don't be that person. If you decide to take risque photos, transfer them off your mobile device because your mobile device is mobile, and it may leave your hands because it's mobile. I look at stories like that. Like yesterday there was a story about a woman in Pennsylvania who puts her two-year-old kid on a fence in a, a Pennsylvania zoo in front of the African wild dog exhibit. Two-year-old kid slips in. Eleven wild dogs kill the kid almost instantly. There wasn't time to react. But why is it that every year someone crosses the line of, of, of zoo that we all know you shouldn't cross? She wanted her kid to get a closer look at wild dogs. Why do people put photos of themselves that can be compromised? Why are some people smarter than others? A New York woman starts a $1 per minute cuddling job. Again, is she unemployed right now? She probably was a year ago, but now she's figured out how to get press and get media. Good for her. Microsoft is working on a smaller tablet. Steve Jobs is wrong. He once said smaller tablets, tablets were dead on arrival. Now Microsoft has come out with a, a iPad copycat, and iPad's already moved on to the iPad Mini, and blog reviews of the iPad Mini are like, this is what we really want. The kid didn't bounce off the safety net. He was killed. The kid in Pennsylvania Zoo. Surgical firings are going to reduce the size of Yahoo. Marissa Mayer, who I love. She had the killers play at her wedding. Okay, okay. So I'm still trying to get Marissa Meyer to pay attention to me. I'm still trying to get Taylor Swift to pay attention to me. But surgical firing is going to reduce Yahoo's size. I love that story. Because you know what? We aren't guaranteed jobs. And you know what? You do need to save for retirement. Because surgical firings may happen to you. Some people call it downsizing. Some people call it right-sizing. Some people say corporations should pay more in taxes. I disagree. Amazon lowered their prime video service to $7.99 a month. Their prime service is now $7.99 a month. So you can get unlimited shipping, shipping, shopping, shipping. Two-day air or two-day mail or whatever you want to call it for $7.99. But you can also get the video. So this is saying Hulu and Netflix, you're on call. Micro-apartments are the next big thing. 
There was a story out of San Francisco not too long ago about micro apartments. Rents have skyrocketed 22% in San Francisco since 2008. London has a housing crisis. New York has a housing crisis. New York, 1.8 million, one, two-person households exist. But there are only one million studio and one-bedroom apartments, leaving a massive housing shortage. In China, the firms uh, known as Dragnomics estimates nearly 50 million of China's 230 million urban households live in substandard quarters, often lacking their own toilet and kitchen. Micro-apartments are something you should look into, something as far as trend goes. Can you invest in it? Maybe, maybe not. But they're now building apartments that are smaller than prison sales. And I love that story because Americans are willing to live in a prison cell and pay for it and say this is living. Apple's looking at dropping Intel. Oh, I know you're saying you're off to a fiery start, Black. You're going to run out of steam. Look, I ran out of steam about 30 minutes ago. This is all filler and fluff. Dow's up 85. The Nasdaq's up 5. Ding, 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 ding. S&P 500 up 6. You listen to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Happy Election Day. I know, Happy Election Day follows up. Bounce on a trampoline day, which follows up the daylight saving time. Obama's national vote percentage, exactly the same as George W. Bush in 2004. 40% of Americans won't vote today. As voters head to the polls to choose between a second term of Barack Obama or his Republican challenger, Mitt Romney, the president holds a slight edge over his opponent, according to national polling averages. Obama leads Romney by an average of 48.9% to 48.2%. Obama's percentage mirrors the number that George W. Bush held at this point in 2004, though Bush had a bigger lead over challenger John Kerry at one point in time. It's pretty tight. It's crazy to me. I'm watching Wolf Blitzer last night, who, by the way, has a weird beard. Only followed up by Anderson Cooper's weird hair. But Ohio is the swings. Ohio might decide the whole presidency. Isn't that surreal? A flyover state where one out of nine auto workers, one out of nine jobs are auto workers. A flyover state's going to decide the presidency of the United States. Again, I still think Congress is much more important in elections. I think they have much more power in writing bills. I think they have much more power in directing this country. To me. Presidency is kind of like a CEO, whereas the board of directors, Congress. Hurricane Sandy will pressure utilities to bury power lines. There's a story there. There's investments there. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, i got a Black Wednesday coming up tomorrow. Black Wednesdays are events where you come meet me from 5 to 7. In Menlo Park, you can sign up for it's free, but you can get more information at kdow.biz. SP 500 up 6, NASDAQ up 6, Dow Jones Industrial Average up 91. Welcome in, CFP, Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. One of the things that intimidates people about money is there's a lot of things that just doesn't 
you know, translate to RABCs, like ESPPs and RSUs. What is an ESPP? Why do we care? What is an RSU? Why do we care? It reminds me, I was up on the mountain, um, you know, back in, I don't know, February or something like that. And somebody had to stop skiing and pull over on their cell phone and exercise some of their Wells Fargo options because they were expiring that day. Awesome. And they were sitting on the mountain and got an email saying, your options are about to expire. And it was about a $6,000 value, net of taxes, that they almost lost because they let their options expire. So a lot of people that work for companies that have, you know, they get the 401k match, great. Okay. But then you get the options that have expirations dates, incentive stock options that have different tax strategies. But let's talk about employee stock purchase plans and, and RSUs, which is the most common. So in the employee stock purchase plan, when you're working for a company, you get two periods a year where you can buy your own company stock at a discount. Okay. But they have different tax strategies, too. And, and what I can't understand is why people don't, you know, they, they get too overweighted in an old company's stodgy stock. Because they're always doing the SPPs, which I like, because you get the discount. Okay. But What's the di- discount typically? 10? Typically 10 to 15%. Okay. And so, but if you want to have most of your gain on the stock qualify for capital gains, you usually have to hold them for at least two years after the offering date. Okay. okay. Um, so what I tell people is once you've bought them two years later, you know, look, if you're, if you're already own, if 5% of your portfolio and you're in your fifties is in your company stock, you need to, as they become two years old, sell them and reinvest them. Right. And remember, if you're way overweight in your company you're, you're stock, you're talking really fast. Okay. Two year. If once the stock becomes two years old, okay. like you've bought it and you've held it for over two years and you're in your 50s and you own over 5% of your overall portfolio is in the company stock that you work for, you need to start trimming those ESPP okay, shares. Right. Okay. But you want to make sure they're over two years old to qualify for the overall capital gains rates. There's, there's really an 18-month rule and all this other stuff that I'm not going to get into on radio. But the discount and how that's taxed and then the, the capital gain and how that's taxed, just hold it for two years. Okay. Start diversifying. Every year you should look at your stock options, and if the market has fallen and you've got ESPP shares at a loss – you're probably going to want to sell them to take the loss and offset other gains in the future. Okay. Okay. Um, so what selling. What you need to note about that is, I think a lot of people accumulate a lot of wealth like through AT and T. They worked there, they got the company shares, they became millionaires, and it's almost ingrained in our society not to diversify. Yeah. But then WorldCom and Enron come along. You know, WorldCom bought a couple baby bells, and they implode. Yeah. Next thing you know, so it's it's ingrained in us, but it's not necessarily trained properly. Yeah. So it's. You know, I can see if you're younger and you're working for a, a company that's aggressively growing and they're, they're you know, really doing well in the stock market, while you end up being, you know, 10% of your portfolios in the company stock. It can make sense when you're younger. You can't afford that type of risk when you're close to retirement. So you have to diversify. Um, you also don't want to overpay your taxes because you get that company discount, Rob, that's going to be taxed as ordinary income when you sell. Oh. And sometimes Killer. people are paying taxes on that discount twice, once when you know they get taxed on it. Long story short, there's a form called a 3922. So if you have employee stock purchase program, you got to know your form 3922 so you don't end up paying taxes twice on that discount. Would you say that most purchase. people who use ESPP should probably use a CPA? Yeah. Okay. I think, you know, I know the tax code really well, and I still use a CPA to prepare my tax return because if I'm audited it, if I'm audited, I know I'm not going to do well sitting in the room with, with the IRS if there, a certain point comes up, you know, because I can't stand our current tax code. They know how to discuss the issue with the IRS. I would just get angry. <laughs> I so badly watch you on Jeopardy and the, the, the heading comes up tax code. 
<laughs> because you're like, I know tax code. <laughs> Form 3522. Yeah. Okay. 30, um, 3922. 3922. Trust me. <laughs> I don't know the tax code. I don't pretend to know the tax code. You're a nerd. I'm not. <laughs> Let's just say this. Playboy model. What happened in my life, not yours. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, so what else do we need to do? RSUs, did we t- hit that? Do we need to hit that? Well, RSUs is one of those things, too, when you already own a bunch of your company stock. RSUs, restricted share units, restricted <laughs> stock units, you're granted a bunch of units, and as they vest, they become taxable based on the value of the stock that day. There is absolutely no tax reason to continue to hold those after that point. So if you are, if, you know, unless you think your company is just going to go through the roof and you own less than 10% of your portfolio in that company, as those RSUs come due, they're taxed. They're already taxed. So sell them and reinvest them in a diversified portfolio. Um, and that's one thing that people just fail to do. They continue to hold and hold and hold. And uh, you need to do a good job tracking your cost basis on those as well. Okay. Anything else that we need to know? Or should we wrap it up here? Um, again, it's, you know, if you're getting close to retirement, having more than 5 to 10% of your company, your portfolio and your own company's stock is just too much risk. And again, a lot of people don't want to hear that because they feel comfortable where they are and they feel like they're not being loyal if they do sell their own company shares. Don't feel that way. You're listening to CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. And you're listening to Rob Black and your money. You can find me online at robblack.com. Tweet Rob Black Show. YouTube Rob Black Show. Subscribe to my YouTube channel on the Wall Street Business Network. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. That's a classic song that was remade. A friend of mine recorded that. His name's Andrew Hellier. And that's the version that you're actually listening to. A uh, band called Rotoglow. The point being is, all you zombies, hide your faces. All you people in the street. And at the end of the song, it, it goes through three lyrics. And it says, like, you know, where's the next Moses? Where's the next you know, great person? Where's the next Noah? And in the last verse, it says, all you zombies, show your faces. And that's exactly what... I feel, is that we're all zombies. The show, The Walking Dead, was based on a comic book or graphic novel, as nerds like to refer to it, that said we're all walking dead. You know, it's not the zombies who are the problem, it's us. We're banal, we're empty. Let me show you how fast I could do the news if I really wanted to do it fast. And I don't think most people should show their faces. I think people should be ashamed of who they are. People talk about love. They don't know love. People text, I love you. They don't know that. Actually, speak louder than words. Okay, so here's the news in one minute or less. Greece is going to strike. Germany is going into a recession. French banks are huge winners. The Reserve Bank of Australia shocked the world. They did not raise interest rates. The IMF warned on French competitiveness. France gave $25 billion in tax breaks to small businesses. The Spanish prime minister says there won't be growth at least until 2014. The election's big news. A Romney popular vote win in an electoral college race is what is the biggest fear for investors right now. Ohio provisional ballots could be challenged. Big concern. 
A Russian nuclear-powered attack submarine cruised within 200 miles of the East Coast, once again showing us that Russia and Sean Connery, wake up, people. And those are the stories that you really need to know. It's going to be a big day for Twitter and Facebook. Apple's new iPhone 5 is sold out in India. Apple's considering dropping Intel and going with ARM processors. Amazon just lowered Prime to $7.99 a month. That's a big swipe at Hulu and Netflix, but it's also a big shot at... Let's do delivery in one day, two days. Home prices dipped slightly. Eh, not big of enough of a story. Harrison Ford may return for Star Wars Episode Seven. Stadiums cost taxpayers an extra $10 billion. A Verizon employee was accused of stealing naked photos off a customer's phone. Once again, bringing up digital privacy issues. Microsoft's working on a smaller tablet. Once again, showing us that they're always one step behind Apple. And in sports. Should we do a sports update? I think we should. Michael Vick's brother went on a rant last night on Twitter about the offensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. And he was totally right. He's crazy, but he's totally right. Chris Paul made the entire Cleveland Cavaliers defense look silly with one drive in the basket. Once again, showing you that talent in basketball, if you can teach your kid how to play the ball, will lead you far. Giants fans riot in San Francisco. It's the one thing I didn't like about the World Series. The New York Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, have a mascot that's a bizarre superhero. Some things in life just will never, ever, ever be explained. They got a new arena, new uniforms, but they come up with a superhero for a mascot. It's cringeworthy. Go Google Brooklyn Nets mascot or YouTube it. There's a 32-page comic that goes along with a character. Tell me that sports haven't been sold to marketing. Let's go to Rich in San Francisco. Rich, are you there? Rich? Uh, just, I was wondering, uh, eBay, uh, is it like doing things right now in Brazil or something? I was just wondering how does that work with uh, mailings and uh, international shipping and things. And why Brazil? Rich, I, I have to ask. You are one of the worst callers of all time because, like, you're so not in kilter with me. You're so off base. Why are you asking about eBay in Brazil? Do you really have an interest about eBay doing business in Brazil? Well, yeah, I just find it strange. And, well, it's okay. I just want, I mean, uh, why not the, uh, what's going on with the other Latin countries? Are you asking seriously about their business model expanding? Yeah, just how you know, how's it working and stuff. And, well, because I, I, I know that uh, sending internationally postage and stuff, packages, it's uh, you know it's uh, it's not as uh, secure as here in the states. So, Where were you in 2000 when this was a relevant story? Well, that's a long time ago. <laughs> I know. That's my point. Um, okay, I'll take your content and I'll run with it. Once again, proving that I can turn horrible content into something workable. Thanks for the call. Um, some businesses like Suzuki are giving up selling cars in the United States. Brazil is part of that whole Brazil, Russia, India, and China brick angle, right? Brazil has got... A lot of people on mobile phones. eBay is trying to get into mobile phones. 
Latin America is something that I don't understand why American politicians have completely ignored. We look at Europe and we go, ooh, let's make a trade relationship with them. We look at Asia and we go, ooh, let's make a trade relationship with them. For some reason, Latin America is, just doesn't get much attention. It's under the radar. It's above the sonar, but under the radar. I think Brazil could have an accelerated journey to prosperity. I've been to Latin America. I know plenty of Latin American English. Dos cervezas, por favor. Huevos rancheros? Huevos? Eggs? Ranch style? I think that's what that means. I don't know. You know, the numbers that you look at makes your eyes pop out. Brazil, Colombia, Chile. Some smaller Central American nations. In the 1970s and 1980s, just about the entire region was deep, 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 deep in debt. Deep, 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 deep. Chris Berman is weird looking. Did anyone watch Monday Night Football last night? Holy mackerel. About half of the country's or the continent's population lived in poverty in the 70s and 80s. Latin Americans' economic growth has double that of Europe and North America for the last six, seven years. Latin America's growth has only been roughly 50% of China's and Eastern Asia's expansion, so they've got some room to grow. So I'm not going to necessarily comment about eBay in Latin America, but I'll give Latin America its due. And I, again, would I invest in a mutual fund in Latin America? Yeah. For the record, my favorite caller of all time probably is Rich from San Francisco. Because how can you listen to this show and ask that question? Latin America accounts for about 590 million people. 32% of them live in poverty. 400 million are middle or upper class. So 590 million people, 30% of poverty, that's 193 million. So that means about 400 million in middle class. Middle class economies rock. Middle class economies create profits. Middle class economies create stock market growth. Latin America's slowing down a bit on population. But their per capita income is expected to increase from 13000 to 15000 by 2030. That's about 50% higher than today. Over the next 20 years, there are going to be a lot more people with more money to spend. You've got a booming and prospering region with accelerating disposable income. I know you're saying $15,000 a year? Sign me up! Actually, I know a lot of Americans are going to retire in Latin America. You can find businesses that are first movers, i.e. top dogs, alpha males. They tap straight in that new income, new wealth. Some proven model, business model, businesses will thrive. There's a company called Price Smart, which is the Costco of Latin America. I know, did I just slam Costco or what? There's a company that is considered the eBay of Latin America called Mercado Libre. It's a little bit of Amazon, a little bit eBay. It's tough to say. Mercado Libre. How's my Spanish? How's my Latin Americanese? Probably not that good, huh? 
you got to focus on improvement in healthcare, improvement in education services, crime reduction, internet access. It sounds pretty good, right? These are, are definitively investable themes. Credit card fraud has to be resolved. Come on, Visa, wake up. Expansion of physical infrastructure to enable basic needs like clean water, sanitation, uh, consistent electricity. This isn't New York City. Be- oh, uh, wait, 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 that's too soon. Road improvements. How about reliable mail? Latin America is investable, based on everything I've just said. I know you're saying, good God, man, you just turned the worst caller in radio into investable content. I know. I know. Thank you very much. Don't forget, i got a Black Wednesday coming up tomorrow night. It's free of charge in Seattle. You can fly down for the day. It's a lovely trip. Jump into San Jose. It's going to be from 5 to 7. It's just a chance. It's a meet and greet with everyone at the business station. I like them because it's a way of getting in touch with you. It's a little bit different. You can find out more information at kdow.biz, kdow.biz. Going to be at Menlo Grill in Menlo Park on El Camino from 5 to 7 tomorrow night, Black Wednesday. I hope to see you out there. You're Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Find the best possible investment advice. Computer Science is Corp. And that's a Bloomberg market. So probably the most stunning thing about today is that there's going to be an Expendables 3 and Expendables 4. Learning that Sylvester Stallone has confirmed Nicolas Cage will appear in the next installment. He said something along the lines of, we're going He's trying to get Harrison Ford, Wesley Snipes, and Mickey Rourke. So, stunning. There's going to be an Expendables 3 and 4. This is big news. This is big news, people. Let's go to a uh, phone caller. Let's see. Is it rich in San Francisco, or is that just too good to ask for? It's Larry from the East Bay. Hi, Rob. How you doing? I'm okay at best. Yeah, uh, my question was on Facebook. Um, uh, about a, Well, last quarter, I think it was, you mentioned that you'd like to see uh, at least a couple of good quarters or decent quarters out of it. And uh, the last quarter was pretty good, supposedly. And uh, I was thinking that this next quarter between Sandy and the elections and Christmas, that the traffic would be probably more than it has been. Uh, I was just wondering what you think, you know, if, if this next quarter or if it's a good entry or, you know, if to put a little bit of money in that, uh, that the next quarter might be positive and then maybe get some momentum from there. What do you think? My fear is that we're still too early. We still have another big lockup coming in November. Yeah. Um, ex- you know where insiders are allowed to sell, and then another one, two more next year. The big one, the big one, is coming, and I think that isn't the bigger more one shares. Fourteenth. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe, maybe post fourteenth, we see where we are. I like Facebook as a concept. Forty-five billion dollar company that people once were willing to pay eighty billion dollars for. Um, I think it's it's broken technically until they get those insiders selling. You know, Sheryl Sandberg, Mark Zuckerberg, multi multi billionaires, and you're just a small fish. You want to buy like a hundred shares, right? You got to let those guys out, 
And once they're out, you can maybe get in. I like a lot of what Facebook is doing right now. Um, in large part, um, very attractive valuation for the long-term patient investor. If you continue to see that they have a Super Bowl every day of eyeballs, um, they're testing some classified ads, including jobs, which is strength for them, weakness for LinkedIn. But I'm not dissing LinkedIn. Um, their advertising is doing really, really well. And like you said, I did say if they get two quarters in a row, I'll be a lot more interested. I think we're a little bit early still. Um, there's some counterfeit ads that are getting sued over. Like it's not all, you know, love and positive there. Um, as far as tech earnings come out, came out, they reported pretty good earnings, 1.26 billion in revenue. So they have a huge valuation based on price to sales ratio. But again, long term, we welcome their results. They had improved results where they didn't have mobile advertising six months ago. They do now. Yeah. Now I'm a little worried. Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, Citigroup, Stifle, Nicholas all love the stock like a little bit too much. Yeah, well, it went up and sold off right after the earnings. It's kind of interesting too, but I guess it's just waiting. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for the call. Um, again, I'm patient. You know, when you fire off a gun, bang, it, it goes somewhere. I'd rather be kind of like on the outside looking in. Uh, monthly active users were 1.0 billion. They got a billion users. But you know, the truth is, I've got an account uh, for girlfriends. I got an account for business. I got an account for friends. I got an account for my my fan page. Like, how many? Is it really a billion or not? Like, you see what I'm saying? Um. And again, I'm just I'm making up how many accounts I have. I'm not really that person. I'm just saying it. But you get the idea. I'd still wait. Wait till the end of the year. Wait for some tax loss selling. Uh, you know, maybe sometime early December. But give, give me a call back because I, I think it's 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 very fluid, and I hate painting myself into a corner. And I hate that you quoted me on the two good quarters in a row, without also quoting me on. You got to wait until the insiders are done selling, until all the lockups are experience, are done. I tend to say, and again, I do a lot of general rules. My my general rule of thumb is wait for an IPO to be one year old. Like, don't date women under twenty five years old. You have nothing in common with them. Now, that doesn't mean you can't go to dinner. It doesn't mean you can't go to L.A. or Vegas, go to a concert, but don't marry a woman under twenty five. She has to have some seasoning. Same thing with IPOs. We don't know, and again, some businesses are different than others. We don't know the seasonality of some businesses. Like, do they, like, retailers have a great third and fourth quarter back to school and the holidays, right? Will this company have, that's kind of what you have to ask yourself, I think. So Apple engineers are looking at figuring out how to drop Intel chips. That's a big story. You know, yesterday I talked a little bit about some technologies that are just changing, like the operating system just isn't important anymore. We just want apps. You know, the features that are being added to operating systems are like bells and whistles at best. Apple can design its own custom chips for the iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, and iPod Touch. They do. In time, these devices are going to be a lot more alike, and therefore they could all run the same chip. Apple is a company that likes to have complete control, probably of their own chips. So over time, will Apple leave Intel 
you know, Intel's got the speed domination and they make billions of dollars, but it's tough being that incumbent now when you have the upstart Apple calling the shots. Let's play nice, guys. Suzuki's getting out of the car market in the United States. Interesting, to say the least. Once again, I think that's good news for Ford and General Motors. Take a break. Have a snuggle. That's my advice. Amazon's entering into Staples, which is just surreal to me. A company that's been decimated by Amazon is allowing Amazon to set up lockers in their stores because they're renting the space. You're listening to me, Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. You can tweet me. Rob Black Show is my handle, Rob Black Show. My YouTube channel, which I need more people to subscribe to because I need to be kind of like taller than I am. My YouTube channel is Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I have a Black Wednesday coming up tomorrow in Menlo Park. More information at kdow.biz under Black Wednesday. And his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network. This station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.